With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are advanced directives and why are they important? We'll find out on this edition of Dr. Death and the Humorist. Hello, everyone. I'm Jerry Dry, the humorist, and our host is Dr. Death herself, Dr. Lisa Oliver. Hi, Lisa. Hey, Jerry. Hey, everybody. All right, so we're going to talk about advanced directives today, I understand. So can you, uh, first of all, give us, I know you've got a disclaimer you want to give, so (laughs) do that first. Yes, the disclaimer is I, nor the humorist, Jerry Dry, are not lawyers. So any information we present is not meant to be legal advice. If you need legal advice, please seek counsel with a qualified and licensed lawyer who practices law in the subject matter and jurisdiction that applies. In fact, you could have said, especially the humorist is not a lawyer. <laughs> I could have said that, but yeah. Although I do, I do work with a guy who has a friend whose neighbor is related to someone who once knew a lawyer. Oh, I'm sure. I'm but sure we all. That doesn't do, but, count. Yeah. But it doesn't count. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. All right, advanced directives. Mm-hmm. So I guess you want to know what they are, or do you I would know like what they to. are? Well, I, you know, that's the directives that you do in advance, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Okay. But they are. But in terms of end-of-life planning, advanced directives are these legal written instructions regarding your preference for medical care if you're unable to make a decision for yourself. Ah. It, it provides guidance to the doctors and your caregivers if you're terminally ill, seriously injured, or in a coma, in the late stages of dementia, or at end of life. And here's the thing a lot of people don't think about. Um, end of life, not end of life issues, but advanced directives are not just for older adults. It's really for anyone. Someone at 20 might have need for advanced directives, just like a person who's in their 80s. So it's for anyone. Yeah, we do have a tendency to think, I guess, that we're going to make all these decisions you know, in the days coming up to our death, but we don't know when that's going to be. We really don't. We really don't. And I, uh, I did. I did have an uncle that knew. I mean, he knew the exact day and hour he was going to die. Did he? And how was that? Did he commit suicide well, or something? No, like, no, 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 no. He did not do that. Uh, but the judge told him actually. In <laughs> oh my God! You totally caught me with that one. Wow. <laughs> Well, you know, some people will go to Penn State and others to State Penn. It's just that it's a it's a whole choice thing. Right. I got you. I got you. Okay. <laughs> On that note, so let's talk about what are the advantages of having advanced directives. One is that you can get the medical care that you want and avoid the unnecessary suffering. And I think the biggest thing mm-hmm. is you can relieve your caregivers of having to make a decision during the moments of crisis or of grief. You know, it just yeah. lays everything out. Yeah, those decisions are pretty tough, even with everything spelled out. If they're not, they're just a nightmare, aren't they? Absolutely. And it causes a lot of confusion, a lot of argument. And, you know, this just makes everything, you know, focus on what matters, which is you. You know, your folks won't be arguing over the care. They will be loving on you. And even though it's hard, 
if they see I believe if they see the instructions written down and the document signed in your handwriting I think it makes a really difficult a really difficult decision less difficult mm -hmm. yes at a, at a time when it is the most difficult to make exactly exactly so you can kind of be on autopilot as much as one can be on autopilot but if you have the document you can hand it out you don't have to make any decisions so I think that's the number one reason why so you know let me tell you this though there's a couple of types of advanced directives there's the power of attorney and then there's a living will and so right the power of attorney is if you give someone the decision to um, provide care on your behalf for example that would be Jenny your wife your lovely wife she would make the decision on what needs to happen to you and that so, would be good so nothing is going to change she makes all the decisions now so she'll make them then I, I suppose if that's how your marriage works out yeah well, it works it's worked well it has you've been yeah. married a very long time yeah very long time so we've been married so long we're on our second bottle of Tabasco sauce <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so the question the question I have, Dr. Death, is um, is there a difference between the health care power of attorney and a standard power of attorney where people are writing checks for you and that kind of thing? Or is that all connected? No, it's not. A health care power of attorney is completely separate from a financial power of attorney. As I a see. matter of fact, you can have two different power of attorneys. You can maybe have your son be the financial and your wife be the health care, or your wife be the health care and the financial, but they are two separate things. I see. Okay. Well, that's good to know. It is. It is. So, And again, these are things that we don't think about until um, we have to, and then there's a lot of stress to it. But let me tell you about the different types of advanced directives. I told you about the power of attorney, but now let's talk about the living will. And what the living will is, it's a document that says how you should be cared for. It sets forth your wishes on topics such as resuscitation, what do you consider to be quality of life, what type of end-of-life treatments you want, and most important, what type of end-of-life treatments you don't want. So it has everything written down. So again, it's, no one has to make a decision. It's already been made. So in, in there, when you, when you write these things down, you obviously, you can't just... Oh, I, I say that. I don't know. I'm, you already pointed out I'm not a lawyer. So is <laughs> so that, can you just write it on a legal pad and just leave it in a box somewhere? Or do you need well, to have? Does this need to be a a legally notarized, authorized document? No, it doesn't need to be a legalized, authorized document. However, advanced directives vary from state to state. So if you went online to, um, and I can't remember the name of the thing, but if you go on Google, which is a search engine, and type in my state's advanced directives, it'll give you a listing of all the different states' advanced directives. You click on the state, you print it out, and you will complete it. And so what I would suggest the person do is complete it, but make copies and hand it to three or four different people. For example, I make, I filled mine out for the state of Georgia. I filled it out and I gave one to my husband, my son, and my daughter. I also mailed one to my brother. So in the event that something happens, certain people have the authority to make a decision on my behalf. So I can't have my crazy sister come in and say, no, I want to do this to Lisa because everyone else has the document and everyone else knows who is authorized. And your your doctor should have a copy of this. Absolutely. Your doctor and you know also perhaps um 
if you are have a relationship with a church, your doctor, and probably um, your pastor, that okay. would be a good idea as well. Oh, and also don't put it somewhere. You know, keep one with you if you travel. That'd be also good. And also just keep it somewhere where someone can get to it if they have to get come into your house. You know, it's no use having it in a safe deposit box because that doesn't really help you. Okay. So make it accessible to uh, people who need and let them know where they can find it, perhaps? Yeah, or I think it would be better um, to make copies and give it to those individuals. Okay. So maybe publish it on Facebook, Twitter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I don't think enough people would care about me to, to even look at it, but yeah. So in other words, you everybody has a list of sort of the people that would would it would really make a big difference to if something happened to you. These are the people you want them to know what your what your wishes are. Is that Absolutely. what you're saying? That is correct. And in the advanced directives I know for Georgia, it lists like if it's they have you list five people and you list those five people, you know, on that one sheet and everyone has a copy and they know who are those five people that are authorized to speak on your behalf. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, it's something that's good to have. And it, the, the most important thing is that one is a document that speaks for you when you're unable to speak for yourself. And two, it releases the burden of your family members on what to do. So you, and so if you have a, a neighbor that's uh, always in your business, that's not necessarily the person you, you don't have to give it to them necessarily. No, I wouldn't give it to them at all because then I don't have that. Business. Of course, I don't have any friends either. I think you and my husband, Jeff, are my only two friends and my children, but that's it. Okay. <laughs> I wonder why. Gosh, I don't know, but it's, it's okay. a puzzler. It's quality over quantity though. So it's really okay with me, but, but anyway. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about one last thing, the pitfalls. You know, oh. everything is not peachy would have. I mean, I talked about the advantages, but there are some pitfalls. One is if you have a um if you give someone power of attorney, but they don't have your best interests in heart. You know, one um I remember reading one article where the um the husband and husband and wife are married, I don't know, several decades. Um the wife told the husband, filled out an advanced directive that this is what I want to happen. The husband decides that he doesn't know what he would do without his wife, so he does not honor her wishes. Um, she comes out of whatever issue she was having and she realizes that the husband did not honor her wishes. And so now, you know, that causes a riff in their, in their relationship. So, you know, you want to, I've also heard of situations where a son was an I excuse me. A father was an ICU. The son was feeling guilty because he didn't spend all the time with the father that he he needed to. So what did he do? He extended the father's life. I don't know a couple of weeks, and the father was going through all these different treatments that he didn't want because of the son's selfishness. So you know you really have to you have really have to be able to trust the person that you are giving your power for healthcare power of attorney to. Um, another reason why is that. A person has to have a backbone because you might be coming up to a, coming up against a lot of people who want to do otherwise. You might be coming up against a hospital system who doesn't want to honor the the, um, the end of life advanced directive because their goal is to save lives. Their goal is to make money, and they're not going to make money. I'm not saying all hospitals are like that, but 
you know, hospitals are in the business to save lives and also to make money. And so in this case, the doctor or whoever may not want to honor that. So you need someone who's going to stand up for what your wishes are. Mm-hmm. And Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to ask you a question about uh, all of these things. These, these are so important, these, these issues that you're telling us we need to take care of. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering if, uh, let's say I'm, uh, I take care of it now. I, I do the power of return, do the, the, the advanced directives, the, the, the living will. I've got all that ready to go. I've given it to all these people. My doctor has it. The, the clergy person has it. My, you know, my family. The, all these people have it. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, time goes by 10, 15, 20, 25 years. What if conditions change in a person's life? Maybe, maybe someone is either gets a divorce or is widowed or something like that. Yeah. And certain things change. Do you need to update these things? Or yeah. is there, I'm just asking. No, not that you're planning to get divorced anytime soon. But oh, no, no, no. No, I, <laughs> no, no, no. My, my wife, no divorce. And now she may she may murder me, you know, when, <laughs> but uh, we're not going to get a divorce. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, I just was figuring out. No, I, I think, um, you know, and that's something even I'm guilty of. We have a will, and I'm getting off track here, but we have a will, and it needs to be updated because it's about 11 years old. And some of the people who are named in the will are no longer here. They're dead. So, no, I think um, we should be in the habit of maybe every year we should update our advanced directives. Maybe at, at the time that we do our taxes, you know, around the beginning of the year or perhaps during our birthday. But, yeah, it's definitely something that we need to update every year and keep it current. And you have, a, I, I guess, a special place where you keep your will. Yeah, you know what? I have this box. Um, essentially, all the all our documents are in it in case we need to run out in case of a fire or something. And it's this accordion envelope with a handle on it, and all okay. copies of all our stuff is in it. Yep. And of course, you're obviously your your way is in that box as well. My way. Yes, because where there's a will. <laughs> <laughs> you are getting me today. <laughs> So so what else do we need to know? Okay. One more. You know what? I don't know if anyone saw this, but there was a case. I think it was in New York City. But anyhow, this man had on his chest, do not resuscitate. And he had his initials tattooed in his chest. And do you know, it caused such a rift within the hospital system. He had to get an ethics person. I mean, because the man, you know, it was like, well, how? Well, maybe the man was drunk when he did it or whatever. Uh. But... So, you know, it's like he did everything he was supposed to even put it on his chest and he still didn't die until maybe two weeks later after after the powers that be figured, yeah, we should let him go. So if he changed his mind, he'd have to go in to tell somebody, hey, there's something I want to get off my chest. (laughs) Pretty much. You are on a roll today, aren't you? Oh, my God. It's it's an onion roll. It's delicious. (laughs) I, uh, you know, the the whole concept of thinking about these things might turn some people off. They might say, I don't want to think about that. People don't like to think about uh, their declining health, their mortality issues. But doesn't it save them and their family so much pain and anguish down the road that it's worth thinking and talking about these things now? No, it absolutely is. I mean, yeah, it's not a great thing to talk about because with death, we miss our loved ones and 
your loved ones will miss us. It's not an easy thing to talk about, but I believe if you really love your family and if you really want to do what's best by them, this is something we all need to do. We all need to take care of it. And it always, in case of legal matters, it doesn't hurt to consult a lawyer. Absolutely. And not a finance lawyer, probably a lawyer that ha- that deals with family law or end-of-life issues or something like that. But absolutely. Well, we're about out of time, Dr. Death, but I, I know we've got some other podcasts coming up in the future. And for anyone who might be listening to this or any other podcast that we do and wants to weigh in or ask questions or talk about something, how might they contact us? Ooh. I don't know, Jeff. Where is what is our Gmail address now? <laughs> I don't know our Gmail address. Um, Doctor Death and the Humorous at Gmail dot com. Okay. We really got to do better, Jer. <laughs> okay, everybody. Well, thanks for listening. Bye, Jer. See you next time. Okay. Bye. Oh my God. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.